Welcome, everyone, to the Sit Down with Slick Pick. Today, my guest is a good buddy of mine, Clayton Terry. How you doing, Clayton? Doing pretty good, Vic, man. Thank you for having me on. Uh, it's a pleasure, Clayton. Um, so, we are talking earlier, uh, just got off of work, right? Pulled in a, a whole 24-hour shift, or how many days did you put in? Yeah, man, so this is the end of my tour. You know, I'm on, we have four shifts, I'm on C shift, so uh, yesterday I was in the ambulance and in sunny side so uh, it's a pretty busy night and day for us so i'm off sunny side mm-hmm. very infamous neighborhood for those not familiar with sunny side mm-hmm. um, that must have been a uh, pretty adventurous wasn't it man every every night's an adventure over there bro sunny side um you have uh, also over there station 35 and 46 south union south park that trifecta is all third ward area let's first uh let me mention Clayton is a uh, a firefighter for the Houston Fire Department. Um, which uh, location are you out of? So as of right now, I'm at Station 55, which is located in Sunnyside off Cullen. Um, we got, I, that's not a district house. That's a separate house. Our district house is District 46, and we have other districts' houses you know, around the area. But in District 46, we got Station 55, 24, and 35. Now, um, I'm assuming you're, most most of your calls are in that area? Most of the calls are in that area. Um, you know, it's kind of a running joke. Sometimes people say the whole city is your territory. Right. Because you can get called out anywhere. But for the most part, you know, Sunnyside is our territory at Station 55, and that's what we respond to. Sometimes we'll have to go downtown or to 46's territory in South Park or South Union. Uh, Sunnyside is Southeast Side? or where, where It's is Southeast. It? Southeast yeah, Side. Considered Southeast. C- kind of close to downtown, right? Or no? Yeah, it's like right in between Pearland and downtown, man. Okay. It's like the medium right there on, you take airport to Cullen and you're there. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I've never, I know a lot of people that are from that are from there or been there, so I don't think I've ever really uh, roamed in that area. A lot of people, if you ain't from there, man, you ain't roaming from there. <laughs> <laughs> you're not trying to roam from there if you... Uh, you, don't, you don't recommend I take a little sightseeing tour? I don't recommend you walk down the streets, that, you know, over there. During the day, you know, you want to go to the park over there. You know, it's good. It's good time to go out there with the family and stuff. But just walking around aimlessly, no, nah, I, <laughs> I would not suggest it. That's, that's pretty cool. Um, So let's, let's talk a little bit about uh, your, uh, your upbringing. Um, Growing up, uh, I think you mentioned to me before, uh, your father is a police officer, mm-hmm. and as well as your mother? Mm-hmm. Both of them are, yep. Um, when you were younger, uh, how, how, how were you treated as a child in school? Did, you, did your classmates know? Was there any... Uh, from what I can remember, man, there was no um, specific like moment where it's like, oh, your parents are police officers, you must be this, you must be that. I don't think many kids really knew. I had a couple of close friends that didn't know, and you know, there wasn't much like judgment or poking fun or right. like that uh, back then. Ever, people always ask me like, "Oh, why don't you, you're gonna become police officer like your parents?" That's, that was the running thing. Obviously. So, so let me ask you. Uh, let's talk about that. What uh, did you did you think about that? Or about- man, it's funny. <laughs> I only wanted to do HPD. I told my dad if I could do the SWAT team. What? Bro, I wanted to kick doors in. I saw that movie. Was it SWAT with Jamie Foxx? No. Terrible you're... movie. <laughs> the inspiration the behind inspiration it all. The inspiration behind it all. I was like, I want to do that shit, man. Um, but I, I was, it was I always wanted to do something that was kind of where I could help people, and I was kind of high speed. I always looked at military as an option. I never once looked at the fire department, to be honest. That was kind of like a jump ship. Not jump ship, but like a spur of the moment. Right. Like, I'll apply. 
you know, I wanted to do a job. I always told my mom, I said, I want to do a job where I'm able to help people. You know, I want to be able to be of use to society, not just, you know. So, which there's um, different ways to do that, but, you know, I wanted something. I knew it was going to be probably government work at the end of it all. So, a spur of the moment. Uh, I mean, can you describe what was happening, what was going on? Man, I was it? living on U of H campus at the time, and I was uh-huh. in ROTC in the Air Force, but I was training with these special ops guys that ran a camp in Memorial Park. And I was training with them, and I went to go to the Navy, uh, doing special ops. And, um, you know, my family were supportive of it, but they wanted me to get my degree first. But, you know, I'm ready. I was ready to go now. I'm like, <laughs> I want to get out of here, man. I want to get after it. And, you know, um, I'm the only child. And my mother, she wasn't really too keen on the military idea. She's like, well, why don't you try to look at something at home first? Like, And I was like, well, like what? You know, and she's like, well, you got police, you have air marshal, fire department. And the fire department, this was like in January, and they were having a civil service exam in April. And um, I was like, you know what, fuck it, I'll take it. Just just to see what happens. You know, I scored pretty high on the list. You know, I was like, okay, well, I'll have to keep running with it. So, how, I mean, what, what kind of exam was it? It's a it's a cognitive exam of many like scenarios, kind of like a, a lot of them were awareness scenarios. Like, um, you know, if you went in to the south side of the building, made a left, right, you know, in which way, which way is north, south, and east? It was okay. kind of like awareness questions, like stuff like that. Some of it was general math questions, general grammar questions, like okay. like a almost like a I think it's an aptitude test, like okay. for military, kind of like that. Okay. And then, so you so you scored very well on it, and you were just like, mm-hmm. "Well, let's let's give this a try, or let's see where it goes, man." You know, I didn't know nothing about schedule, pay, retirement. I was just like, I was just like, man, firefighter probably be a pretty cool job. Never thought about it necessarily, but you know, most kids are like, "I want to be a firefighter." I grew up. But. Um, you did mention uh, so, so when you told your uh, your parents about being in the SWAT team, what was their reaction? They were like, "No." That- <laughs> <laughs> they were, nah, they were they were they were supportive. They're were like, "That's what you want to do." My parents have always been pretty supportive of you know if I want to do something, they're like, well, "You know, you should go do it, but do it the right way." You know, I can be pretty impatient sometimes. I want to do stuff at the moment, so I want to experience it all. You um, mentioned you were at U of H. What, what were you studying at U of H at the time? Hotel restaurant management. Okay. Yeah. Um, so uh, when you were younger, you, you did have aspirations to be in the police force. Did As you grew older, did that change? Did you have aspirations to pursue any other careers? <laughs> Man, yeah. I looked at a uh, you know, lawyer. I had a teacher of mine who was very influential in my life. Um, her name was Miss Farinacci. I can name drop her. She'll be fine with that. She's very inspirational to me, and uh, you know she always thought I had a would have a good career in politics or a lawyer somewhere in that field. And uh, so why, a lot of why does she think that? Did you talk a lot in class? Uh, yeah, probably. Talk <laughs> a lot in class. I always asked a lot of questions. Uh, you know, I didn't. I wasn't like the best book wise, but I didn't always apply myself to books. But I always asked a lot of questions. Like I want to know a lot of common sense type things. You know why? And I asked a lot of why questions. You know, a lot of parents, you go and say, quit asking why. You know, I asked a lot of why. I want to know why. I think those are the most important ones. They are. Yeah. The Why or how. Why, know? how, you know, the who, what, where, when, why. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, you did, the, you wanted to be the police then. Uh, I, I, did you, oh, you were at U of H for the hotel uh, restaurant management. Mm-hmm. So. You had aspirations to go into that field, or what, Man, was it just kind of a filler, or what? Yeah, so I was I was in ROTC in the Air Force, but you know I wasn't really I wanted to be a pilot, but you know my eyes I have clear contacts, so I had to have surgery and all kind of stuff, and I kind of dropped that. And uh, the hotel restaurant management came. I dropped my poli sci major and picked up that one. I was running Papacitos at the time. I was a floor manager there for four and a half years. 
Okay. And uh, I was like, you know, I could do, I could do this. I was like, you know, I, it was a it was a stressful job, but it was very, if it was you know, it was very, it was a big learning experience for me, man. Um, Papacito is one of the best in the industry. Um, you know, I learned a lot from their processes and their and their systems there, and uh, I was proud to be there. And uh, I was like, you know, I could do this. I could run a small restaurant maybe at some point in time. I would like to do that. But you know, the the fire department called me in the middle of my school. And I was like, well, I'm going to take this because I get, I get a salary, I get retirement, I get benefits. You know, I'm going to go ahead and jump on this ship, you know, before, you know, it's gone to me, you know. So I have to go back in June now before because they changed my degree plan. So I'll go back in June and finish. I'll be done by December. Oh, nice. Can I go back and finish? Mm-hmm. That's good. But I only have 20 hours left, man. Might as well, right? Might as well. I already paid them all that money. The money, the work. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well finish that, man. I agree. I agree. Uh, you, you were also at U of H... Uh, or you, I guess you still are because it's kind of a lifetime thing in a fraternity, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Pi Kappa Phi. Um, let me ask you this. Uh, can you compare the camaraderie, the relationships you have with your frat brothers as with uh, your firefighter co-workers? Well, I mean, I'll tell you this. Any fraternity, any fraternity as far as a group of organized individuals that associate themselves with the word fraternity, you're going to have pretty much the same kind of good or bad. Um Obviously, you have your differences. You know, my fire department guys were literally forced through fire. Um, I have guys that will be friends for, my, for life there and for, for many specific reasons, you know, that bound us together. Six of us, you know, specifically, I lost a friend of ours, you know, that bound us together in a way that can never be broken. Um, my fraternity brothers, you know, all throughout college, I've learned many lessons with them. You know, I've had, I've had many experiences with them. Good times, bad times, fights, you know, come together, make up. Um, and those things can't be taken away or, under, or, under, or undertaken because they've all built me and made me to where I am now. So you, I'm a, so they have a lot of similarities, but just, um, I guess you could say just different executions and how like, you're going to interact with each person and, you know, I mean, drink all night with them, but I may not do that with my firefighter buddies or vice versa. There's some things you do without the other. And also, uh, I would assume the, I mean, just, the. Uh... Being, I mean, I, I, I would assume you could compare what you do to like a, a fight, a battle with when you're in the. In it the- is, man, and you're a family. And the fire department, like, do we live together? We literally sleep in the same room. We cook breakfast. We cook dinner. We go on these runs together. We see the same stuff. You know, we are literally in this thing together. Um. Yes, we all. You, you kind of all you got because you know other people can kind of empathize in a way. But at the same time, you're not really going to be able to, especially, if, you know, someone who's not who hasn't been like in combat, you know, unless you've been in that type of realm of um, experience of life, you can't completely empathize. But we we go through everything together. We know each other's, you know, wives, girlfriends, you know, life, you know, families. You know, if somebody's sick in the family, we, it, your business is kind of out there in the fire department because we're all so close knit. I mean. It's gonna get out. It's like a small little. It's a small fraternity. It's not that big. It's only four thousand of us. You mentioned earlier uh, four years at Papacitos. Mm-hmm. Um. So I'm currently a server. Um, so let me ask you this: uh, how, how did you? How do you feel that that helped you in your development as a person? Um, I feel like as a server, with me at least. Uh, Having to talk to complete strangers every day, uh, yeah, and you know multiple complete strangers and uh, different personalities, I've always felt that helped me in my development mm-hmm. in terms of not just uh, 
and with the way I interact with people, but in yeah. the way I talk and uh, carry my, you know, it just it just has a, an overall effect on me. And I'm wondering how uh, it affected you. So uh, I played saxophone when I grew up. Um, I so I had to be, I was very exposed to crowds early on, especially in a very uh, intimate setting, such as playing. You sometimes you only went on stage, and if you're doing a solo or anything like that. So I learned very early on. I was in theater too as a kid. So I learned early on how to like, talk, you know, be in front of strangers, and in the jobs that me and you have done before, which is serving, being in front of complete strangers and doing something is totally different than like having to go straight up to that stranger and actually hold a, hi, my name is Vig or hi, my name is Clayton. You know, welcome to Maz Rats or Papacitos. You know, and then you have to explain his meal to them and try to figure out what they like. Um, it's developed in me personally a sense of confidence to be able to go out there and if I see something, ask. You know, don't be afraid to ask that question to anybody, no matter who it is. If it's, you know, if you can talk to nobody, you can talk to anybody. It's, you know, so if you can do it in the service industry and break that barrier, um, it's just built me up as far as confidence within myself to be able to like, hold a conversation, talk to somebody I do not know, and just be interactive and social. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm the very same way. Um, but, you know, it's interesting because, I mean, I've uh, been out with you on numerous occasions. Mm -hmm. uh, I'd have to say you're one of the best wingman I've ever had. I mean, you're, <laughs> you're a monster out there. But uh, it's interesting because uh, being in the service industry, obviously having uh, a lot of friends who are in the service industry, coworkers mm -hmm. and whatnot, a lot of them they're great servers they don't have obviously they don't they'll go up to any table and do whatever right but when they're out there in public not in work they can't do the, they can't go up and talk to a girl or they're not yeah. as confident and that and that to me it's it's baffling uh because it's almost like uh they are in character when they're at work right and that's exactly what it is so yeah each scenario you have to look at what's the motive so, you know, you think if I'm at work, well, I got to make this bread. I got to, I got to put food on my table. That's, that's true. I got to catch it back. Now, if I'm going out and trying to talk to this girl, you may be like, well, I'm looking for a girlfriend. Or he might just be looking for a one night stand or she might be looking for a one night stand. It goes both ways. Or she might be looking for a boyfriend, anything, but no one's paying you to do it. No one's, you're completely risking everything. And what it comes down to, man, is rejection. The worst thing at a table, someone's going to tell you, I don't like this. Well, that's not your problem. You just take it back and <laughs> the chef's going to make something else. But someone's like, well, I don't want to talk to you. Well, then you're like, damn, that's, that's like a shot to the gut, like self-esteem. So if you're not used to that rejection uh, or if you're scared of that rejection. Yeah, there you go. You're always going to be in that shell. And, uh, man, you got to just keep swinging at a high clip. Just keep swinging. I agree, man, man or grill at some point for every for every no a guy used to tell me there's a yes around the corner. <laughs> just keep swinging at a high caliber and you'll hit. Somewhere. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a shooter, man. You just keep shooting, keep, keep shooting. shooting. Most, uh, most, of, you know, a lot of my friends that you seen too. Those guys, they always <laughs> the boys are out there, man. They don't care. You know, they try to go and talk to somebody just randomly, which is good. You know, it's good social skills to have that. So, uh, so did you enjoy that? That those four years where you have? Uh, did you have? Did you enjoy the? You know, just being being in this in that environment and yeah. dealing with. Uh, uh, I guess guests every day and the, 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 you were a manager. So you obviously had to deal with the servers, mm -hmm. which <laughs> I mean, the, <laughs> yeah. the, the array of character yeah. characters you're going to have in, a, in the service industry is amazing. So, mm -hmm. so, I mean, how was that whole thing? Did you enjoy all that? Uh, I mean, to say I enjoyed all of it to be alive, but I don't think anybody, there's always your days overall. I enjoyed it. It was a great experience. I learned a lot. 
um, but you're right. There's an, a vast array of um, you know caliber of people that are there working with you, and from you know from 18 years old to 50 years old, you know, depending on what kind of restaurant, kind of caliber restaurant you're at. And they all got different viewpoints. The same way you talk to a 22-year-old is not the same if you're going to talk to a you know 40-plus-year-old who's been in the game for a while, who you're a new manager. And, well, man, I, I've been working here for 20 years. You know, you just got here. But, you know, the way I tackled that when I was a manager was you got to go to those senior guys and ask them, hey, man, how's this been running before I got here? Um you got it's like it's kind of like war. You got to strategize. You got to go to even see. You got to go to your veterans. Um, they know, and if you can get those guys on board, those guys can only reel in those those kind of younger guys, experienced guys, and kind of rally them together. Those guys are your guy are your troops. Those are your main. Those are your vanguard. Those older those older veteran guys to get those younger guys in line. So, hey man, this is how you do this, this and that. Essentially, the same way as a uh, a new coach taking over a basketball team, right? You come in, you got your veterans who've been there, mm-hmm. and you need you need the veterans. You yeah. need their support. Because, hey, man, like, you know, talk to these young guys. You know, we're, we're going to do things a little different, but mm-hmm. it's going to all be for the the better and of better the team. Than the team. Yeah, I think uh, the service industry uh, has taught me a lot as well, um, especially when it comes to just. Uh, I love studying people, mm-hmm. and <laughs> that's a good place to do it. <laughs> you know, people. Uh, Whenever anyone asks me what I do for a living, I tell them I watch people eat. Yeah. <laughs> you learn a lot. That's what I do. I, 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 I sit there. I watch them eat until they're almost finished. Then I get their next course ready. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, I mean, uh, but, you know, it is what it is. There's been a interesting uh, issue that has recently come upon the city. Um Wanted to ask your opinion on it because mm-hmm. of your, uh, you are a firefighter. Uh, Proposition B. Um, I was reading, I wasn't too familiar, I kind of knew a little bit about it, but I wasn't really too familiar uh, with everything. But for those of you not familiar, uh, uh, the, I believe the fire department wanted uh, all their senior positions to be paid the same across the board as the senior positions of the police department correct mm, all positions all from, 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 from okay. rookie from, or from probationary or cadet really uh-huh. all the way to the senior um, and it passed right it, it, it did it, pass back in November um, voters approved it so what what is uh, your opinion on it well man without getting too like political about it because I can't say too much because you know union oh. so I can't say too much about it but what I will say as far as you know the people voted on it um so obviously, it needs to be honored. Um, we live in a democratic society. That's how we do things. As far as my opinion on it, man, um, I know it will all work out for the better in the end. It's rough right now. You know, my parents both were on the Peace Force for 30 years. They've gone through similar things like this before, where, you know, they were threatened with layoffs and cuts and benefits and all that stuff. And, you know, that stuff happens with any government job. And it can happen anywhere, no matter where you are. Uh, it's unfortunate that it has to go through all this legal trouble. It is, but it will eventually work out for the best, and I believe for everybody's benefit at some point. Uh, just right now, it's a little murky, it's a little muddy. But um, the people voted for it, and the people will eventually get what they vote for because it's the people's petition. There's only 4,000 of us. We can only do it by ourselves. You know, the people felt like this is what was best when we put that to them, and they signed, and you know, it came it came in to uh, to truth. 
without getting obviously getting too much into that uh the details of all that due to obviously your uh, union uh, issues um but let me ask you this um like we talked about earlier uh your parents you know being in the police department mm -hmm. um i'm sure you've had some interesting conversations with them um yeah yeah you know my, my dad you know has been a you know my, my mom my mom too but my dad like you know he really gives me a lot of insight on he's like hey just stay just stay the course i'm always sometimes i'm always ready to jump off the handle because i'm like oh man you know you work so much and then you want to make sure you feel appreciated is, for your is, work is is there friction between the, the department I, I don't really you you may you may hear that like maybe in like an older sense but man i, I and it's in parts of town that i've worked in it's nothing but great things with the police department one cannot function with the other Exactly. I mean, I'm, I'm, you guys are a team. Right? It's a team, man. It's you have to function with each other, um, no matter what. It, and it doesn't matter. It, it just does not matter. You, they have to work together, no matter what you say. The other does or does not do. You know, some say, well, they only work two days a week, and police works five. Well, it's all still a forty-hour work week. You know, the work has to still be done, and the work still has to be done together in unison. And the only thing that I don't like about all of it is that there seems to be like a friction, like a, in a public's eye, between police and fire. So, so would you say this this friction is more something that the media has created? Uh, I can't say for sure. You know, you can say you can say this media hasn't at the same time. You know, because you know, with the with with the the media just needs just a little bit, just a little bit. It, it doesn't yeah. it doesn't have to be a big thing, but it just needs one person to say something, mm -hmm. and then you can take that and go. Well, because he said this, and he's a police officer, or he says yeah. that, then they all think this way, right? Yeah, I'll be honest, man. I don't, I don't blame the media. You know, the media, their job is to create story and create views. You have to look at what media is for. And it's, it's not to inform you. You can inform yourself. You can go look up laws. You can go look up uh, city charters. You can go look up amendments. You can do all that on your own. Media is there to get their views, get their ratings. So I'm not mad at them. What I urge people to do is do their own research, and the people who don't do their own research are the people who I blame the most because blame may not be the right word, but it's kind of disappointing because don't just go off what you see or hear because you know what it's for. It's for that reaction, for that quick nitpick, for that, oh, well, then it's their fault because we're all looking for somebody to blame. And there doesn't have to be anybody to necessarily blame. There just needs to be a come together and, okay, we're going to figure this out. But that's the obvious solution, right? If that was the easiest solution, then we just would have done it already. But some of it comes down to pride, greed, um, things of those natures that prohibit people from meeting with the other party and figuring things out. And that, that's in life. And that doesn't have to be police, fire, government. That's just That can be between brother and sister, mom and dad. That's just – you have to get over that pride of, you know, I'm me or I'm this and that or I'm this title and I'm going to – I you answer to me. No, you have to come together and work together on it. I completely agree, man. Definitely, uh, it's easy, it's so easy to say, right? You know, it's a, that's the obvious answer. But you know, but like, no, like you said, uh, greed, pride. Um, you're talking about, especially with those two things. I mean, that the that are are the main reasons for a lot of problems in mm -hmm. in, in in the world. Yeah, right. The separation of uh, the higher class and the lower class. Right. Right. That's all because they, the higher class, just wants to be isolated. They don't want it to be. Mm -hmm. They just want to continue to run things. And, well, let's not let's not get into. <laughs> I, know, a, I know. I mean, you can I go off on her. I don't know where I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I mean, you can go off on that all day, man. Um, um, I'm so like we we're saying. Um, 
police department working with the fire department, everybody working together. I, I remember we were talking about uh, how in Houston the the fire department also has like a like an ambulance, right? Like a, a medical. Yes, sir. So I think that's a big uh, a big because it's something I had I had no idea. You you are part of the majority. You know, a lot of people, which is weird. I may say, I'm going to be honest, because, like, it's obvious. this Houston Fire on the ambulance. But, you know, it's like, you know, I don't know. It's says Houston Fire on the <laughs> I don't know, man. I was trying to give an example of, like, you know, I mean, if it's, if it's, if it's, pay, if it looks like a pig and oinks, it's a pig. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, a lot of people don't see on the side where it says ambulance right. or medic, because it's not written as big as Houston Fire. So Houston Fire Department does run their own. They we run fire and EM, we run fire, EMS, inspections, hazmat, any kind of any call you can think of, we go to. There, there's nothing that I can think of that we will not respond to. There could be a, there could be an alien invasion and they would call us out <laughs> to put water on it to do something to do something. Well, it, let, let me ask you this: um, Are firefighters armed? Are any of them armed? No, no, no. I. Um, are you allowed? I mean, You're not to... allowed to carry at the station. You can have no firearms at the station. Yeah, that's the, and I, I don't. You know, there's a story up in New York. I think it was New York and Massachusetts where, uh, I think it was two, two or three firefighters were shot while responding to a, a house fire. They responded to it and uh, they went. To, they had their gear on. They went to put out the fire, and the arsonist who started it was across the yard, and sniped three of them. What? And killed. And so that has raised a lot of debate on should we be wearing body armor, you know, things of those natures. Um, there's 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 units around the city, man, that have had bullet holes in them because they've been shot at before. Like, you know, it, it is a danger. Do I think a fireman so, should carry? So, right. No, I think it sets a bad precedent because we're not the police. But, well, but but by that argument, then shouldn't should a, a civilian be able to carry? Then they're not the police, but they can carry. Yeah, that's true. But they're also not on the job. Okay, so that's 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 what I would probably say is, uh, I mean, I can't, I, and what we can go also talk about that is is the the amount of stress, mm-hmm. you know, to that you you get put, you know get put through, and I would just assume yeah. you know like you said being confined because mm-hmm. like when okay let's talk about your, stress in the gear or stress on the call or both stress in, in your gen- life in, in the, general, oh, in general. And, yeah okay, I see what you're saying um I think I think uh. Well, I don't know if you mentioned it before, but do you is a uh, like the divorce rate uh, in in firemen? Is it high? It's high. It's it's. Or is it just high? I think it's, it's probably just right with the average. Right, okay. Yeah, you know, it's but, like this is it's gonna be the same in any like, military anything that has involves high stress like that. It's good. You kind of have a high divorce rate or mid within the average. I don't know the exact numbers, so I don't want to give out false information. But I know it's within the median. Let's uh, let's talk about a a, a typical. Uh, I guess shift because you mm-hmm. you uh, how, how does you, how does your typical week? You said what three days on forty. Uh, so we have one day on one. We have twenty four hours on twenty four off twenty four on five days off, and once a month we have what's called a debit day, which is just an extra day we work pretty much. Um, there's an official description of it. I don't know it word by word, but it's an extra day that we work to help us with overtime, so we don't have to have so much overtime come in. Um, so it ends up being forty eight hours. Um. And a typical work day, 
it's kind of hard. It's funny to say typical because right. nowadays it's the same. <laughs> exactly. I'm sure you've shown up and it's like, hey, get dressed. We're going. We gotta, go. The tone goes off as soon as you get in sometimes. You know, you got to go. You I think, I'm sure you've had days where you're in for like an hour maybe. There's been some days we were making a run for five hours. Yeah, just chilling. There's been times we haven't made a run all day but then ran all night. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It just, you never, it's not, we don't get paid for what we do, Vic. We get paid for what we're willing to do. You know, we are willing to do anything to save anything you got. Whether it be your house, your cats, your dogs. You know, we, we maybe this lady once, she said her babies were inside a burning house. We're in there looking for cradles and, and shit. <laughs> Man, there's two dogs in cages in the back of the kitchen, you know? So. But but that those were her babies, right? Th- she wasn't able to have kids. Later found that out. Yeah, so, so that was everything. That's everything to her. Some people, everything in the house. Some people, they don't have a savings, Vic. Their money's in the mattress, especially in Sunnyside. You know, a lot of people, they, they put their money, you know, they store their money away, they store their cash away, save it like that, you know. Um, they stay away. A lot of people down there stay away from credit cards and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, to them, yeah, you could be, you'd be burning someone's life savings down, possibly. You just right. never know. So, you, you know, you are willing to do whatever it takes to get the job done. So, what is happening... Uh... On your let's say on let's say uh, I'm sure you do on your downtime. You probably do a lot of napping, right? Like if you try to get a nap. Are you allowed to get naps in until? The- yeah, at our station we have a certain time slot we allow for, for, for the it. naps. Yeah, I was just say if you want to, you can. Yeah, because I mean, I'm sure you're tired. But you know, tired you, as fuck you do, sometimes. But most time, you're not really sleeping most of the time. Like you're running. At least where we're at, we were running a lot. I uh-huh. mean, you need to nap because you're there 24 right. hours. Like I mean, a lot of people may look at that. Well, you get to sleep on your job. Well, I mean, we're there. Last night I didn't sleep more than thirty minutes. Right. You know, you know I didn't I didn't nap during that either because on the ambulance we're just rolling all day. So yeah, I mean you got to get some sort of rest, especially at a busy station because you're gonna you may run all night. It's a good chance you will, or you're gonna make that fire at two a.m. and you're there for, till seven a.m. You know, you just never know. You you got to make sure you're, you listen to your body and take care of your body. I think sometimes it's looked at as a stigma as like, you know, sleeping. You know, it's not supposed to sleep on the job. Talking about uh, bodies. Um, firefighters are known for having great bodies. Uh, fire, you know, firemen calendars and whatnot. Um, you know, you see every now and again, kind of a chubby police officer, and just like, like who, who's that guy going to run down? Well, you see, you when see, it comes you to, see hey, chubby, I, all of it. Are, are there chubby firemen? There's chubby firemen. It's chubby everybody. It's chubby firemen. But chubby I mean, policemen. Y- y'all don't have to go through any type of uh, like you, uh, like at some point you have to go to like a training to make sure you're still. In a type of no, shape. and I I wish we did. Um, I know some departments do incentives for if you keep yourself physically fit, right. and if you can pass certain tests, they'll give you like an extra fifty bucks in their paycheck. For example, I don't know if that's the real dollar amount, but I I do wish we had something well, like because that, I mean, and from in, the way I look at it, mm-hmm. if I was a fireman, I would want to be in the best shape I can be for the simple fact that I don't want to die. Yeah. <laughs> for the simple fact that you might be in a situation where that extra strength helps you do something i don't know what situation whether it's move yeah. something or i don't, you don't know have to what. carry extra weight with well, that yeah whatever you i'm i don't i'm sure you've you've been in so many crazy situations so i, I and i'm assuming it, it, i mean it's physically draining right yeah so um, don't yeah. You, i mean don't you want to be in shape don't yeah, you want to you, have you, the ability to not only save yourself, but other people's life as the most effective, efficient way? Vic, it's like we said before. <laughs> that's the right answer, right? <laughs> that's the we. 
more times than not big. We all know the right answer. Of course, that's what it be. You know, I had a lady. I did a life scan the other day, and you know, she told me that my cholesterol. Hold on, you did a, a life scan. A, a life scan. What so is they that? scan. They scan you for. Uh, they scan all your. You know, they do a. Uh, what's it called? They do for babies an ultrasound. Okay. On all my organs and everything like that, and check to see how everything looked. I uh, did stress tests on the treadmill, everything, right. drew blood, all that. You know, and I, you know, everything looked good. And she said, "Hey, your cholesterol is a little high." And you know, at the station, we don't eat that well. You know, eat bacon and all kind of shit. And I don't want to eat that kind of stuff at home. So, you know, me knowing that my body is important for what I do, and just for myself, I changed up my diet. You know, I cut a lot of things out. I I bring my own food to the station now. Um, I already ate good, but now I just now I'm eating better. Like I just gotta, I keep it, you know, all homemade. It's all my. Oh, own. they they don't provide food for you. No, we pay for our own food. Interesting. Yeah, we put in money every tour. It's like twenty bucks a tour or something like that. Oh, yeah. the you put in money? Yeah, we like we we pre, we pull it together. Kind of uh-huh. like you would for beer, like, at, like right, right, right. You pull it together. We'll go to the grocery store. Okay. Do you have like a guy who cooks? Do you have a kitchen set up and all that? No, me, no, me the 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 ladder truck will cook. The who? The ladder truck. So the truck with the the big the longer truck with the uh-huh. ladder on top. Right. Though that crew normally cook because that crew is normally the last one to have to go out on a call. Oh, okay. there's an order of of, of which okay, calls so to go out. There's different um, fire trucks that y'all have, correct? Yes. Uh, how many different kinds do you have? Uh, well, just for for category purposes, we have a pumper and a ladder. You okay. can go in the quinces and tenders and all that, but we only have like two quinces. So I mean, boosters, but the 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 primary apparatus of the Houston Fire Department is a is a pumper and a ladder. So, I mean, you can get, we have you know, four rescue okay. trucks. Pump, pumper meaning Pumper has a water, has this, carries the water. Okay. That's where all the hose are. Uh, whenever you see hose lines going into the house, that's the pumper. Ladder truck carries a whole bunch of ladders on it. You know, it can raise what's, the what's the, what's the highest the ladder could go? Uh, 103 feet. Oof. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty, it's up there. <laughs> when you climb it, it's pretty cool. When you look down, you're like, and the wind's blowing. You're so like, when, right, it's when you're, uh, when you're climbing these ladders, you're tied off, right? You're like, you tie off to the ladder or you just... How does how does that uh, work? If you're working off the ladder, you will be. We have no, ladder I'm, I'm talking about when you're in action. Oh no no, we're up. We're just you're just going up the ladder. Like if we're cutting a hole in the roof, you're just going up the ladder. What's the highest you've ever had to climb? You know, in a situation. Of course, uh, no more than two stories, man. Okay. Yeah, I haven't had to go. Are you uh, a fan of heights? Uh, it's never <laughs> bothered me. I guess because I don't think about it. You know, a lot of the job you really don't. You know, for me and a couple other guys, I can't speak for everybody, but you know, I don't. Once you get out the cabman to do the job, you gotta do the job. Um, you don't really have. I don't have much time to um, sit down and think. Like, I mean, I could, you know, I could not make it home after this. I gotta leave all that in the cab because I have a job I gotta do. Do you credit that to your training? Just so it's like second nature. You're just kind of like, or what do you credit that to? Man, Probably, just, probably my family, man. Just having my my family all comes from civil service, military, postmaster. My grandpa was a postmaster. Postmaster oversaw four different post offices. Nice. Like, you know, I have a long history of military in my family, and you know, my dad growing up was like, "Hey, you got to get shit done. You know, if something needs to be done. It needs to get done." You know, I mean, my mom was a hard ass too about that. <laughs> so I mean, I kind of get first. She, she, you know, they, they did very well. And they said, Hey, look, when a task needs to get done, you're going to do it and you got to finish it. So and then my training too, I think the, you know, HFD, 
it did a lot to like you know because we have a burn house that we light off and we we go in and it's burning we burn plywood and you feel the heat to get acclimated to it so it's not just foreign to you how hot does it get it can get anywhere from 600 oof yeah our gear is only rated for so many for you know what, how, how i think the mask is rated at three to four hundred i believe in the, and then it just starts melting it'll it'll uh yeah crystallize so but i mean rarely are you if you're just you know just, no you're not just sitting in heat you're putting water on it so you know it's the it the the heat's going down and you also like when you go into a uh a building that's there's a lot of smoke. You have like a breathing apparatus. I'm assuming a SCBA, a self-contained breathing apparatus. Yeah, we wear we wear the bottle on our back. It's a regulator you plug into the mask. How long does do those last? Like how much? Uh, how good a shape are you in? That's that's what it has to do with, huh? So they best, say best the to... average. We have 30 minute bottles. We have 45 minute bottles. 45 minute bottles are normally used for high rise operations. You know so where we're going to be up 40 floors. Right. 30 minute bottles are normally you know. Your house fires like around here in this area, you know. Um, but how good a shape were you in? So, the, so the faster you breathe, obviously, the faster you're gonna. Faster just, gonna move. So the best bet you is just stay your calm and stay calm, and which just sounds crazy, right? The shit's burning around you, and you gotta whip this hose line around, or pull ceiling, or cut a hole, or do a search. You gotta count to yourself. Sometimes I forget, you know. I but then I catch myself. Okay, I'm breathing too fast. You know, which is natural for any any fireman. That's gonna be natural for for you. To, you know, you're gonna lose yourself for a minute, and you gotta bring it back in. Like, say, okay, calm down, control your breathing. So, when you're at the station and you're you're between runs, that's what you call them, right? Runs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're between the runs. Uh, what do you usually do? Are you uh, you playing chess while you're there? You know, at the station. Yeah, we have downtime, man. Yeah, but you know. I'm fortunate enough to have came from a station, two stations. I worked at 46s before I got to 55s, and now I'm at 55s. And um, I'm fortunate to have had very good crews and captains that have loved to train. So um, we train a lot. Um, you know, normally we eat breakfast, clean the station, um, make some, you know, we kind of between that 10 to 12 period, we don't we, we don't really do too much right then. But then like, you know, after twelve, we either go out to train outside, you know, somewhere in a parking lot or church lot, or we'll pull some tools out for a couple hours, run some tools and then after that you kinda just kinda go do whatever for a little bit. You know, sometimes I'll you know I'll you have we have like continued education quizzes and stuff we gotta do online. I'll go do some of those or you might I'll watch a YouTube video or something. Something's kinda take a break from it all. Eat dinner. And then my captain likes to have like a little small class after dinner, like 30 minutes. And then after nine o'clock, that's when we shut it down, clean the station again. And, you know, you go to bed till you got to wake up in 20 minutes. You don't have an, uh, you don't have any chess players over there in the fire department where you're at? You got, we got anything you can think of in the fire department. Cause I remember, uh, the last time we played, uh, mm-hmm. You definitely just need a little bit more practice, but you know you're you're, you're, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> you got forty years experience on me, Vic. Hey, relax, relax. <laughs> um, let's talk about uh, the the EMT training. I think we kind of scratched the surface on that. So, like you were saying earlier, how just you know, like most people don't know, right? Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, that's like a whole different aspect of your job, right? Like, yeah, we're dual we're dual certified, yeah. Um. Because, I mean, you'll you'll show up to a call that has nothing to do with a fire. It just has mm-hmm. something to do with a human being. That's the majority. A lot of our job is that. It's is just... Uh, 80% of our job is EMS. The other 20% is fire. 
you know, fire rescue. And the, um, how, how you how how long is the training for that? I'm sure that's like a whole different. Ah, uh, it took us. It's it's short, dude. It's not very long. I think it was they crammed they crammed like like a like a twelve month plus course in like eight weeks. It was it was it was cram school, dude. It was Monday through Friday, you know, eight to eight like every day. It was a lot, but I mean, you learned. It's it's possible we did it. Right. I mean, so is it the best way to learn? Depends on how you learn. Uh, I don't know. You know, at the end of the day, you got to buckle down and do it. You know, right. so some people come in already certified and they don't have to worry about doing that. They're already EMT certified. They got their national registry, which is a national test you take to get your certification. So, but it's it's cram school, dude. Um, what what are uh, what are some what are some stories you got? Give me some. Uh, let me hear. Uh crazy story man something just uh yeah, that you know, stands you know, out like, you know i talk about crazy stories big but you mean uh, taste just this stuff i still i can tell you stuff that i've seen like specific stories you kind of you know i don't remember too many there's so many so it's, much it's, so many of them happened big it's just kind of you don't you know they, they all kind of mend together you know you see a lot you see you know sometimes you see some good things you see a lot of bad things especially in my neighborhood a lot of gang violence goes on you know a lot of a lot of you know, I, I can't say too much about a specific situation because it could violate, you know, right. you know, a privacy agreement with that with that patient or, you know, but, you know, kids that have died senselessly, you know, when <laughs> doing something they weren't supposed to be doing, you know, you see a lot of people that have been, have been shot, you know, they don't make it. You can see, you kind of know when someone's gone big. I can't tell you that. You're seeing so many. Let me ask you this. Uh, the first time you, you saw someone pass in front of you. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, I mean, I've I've never had that happen. I've never. Yeah. Well, I, 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 the very first time was before I even got out the academy. You know, my a good friend of mine, uh, Stephen Whitfield, passed away, and uh, in, in a training exercise that we had up there. And. Uh, oh, that's right. That happened actually before, before you. Before I got into the field. Right. So, uh, so it was actually like the, like the the academy, right? That before. The, oh, well, you were already in the fire department when that happened. No, no, I was in the academy. We were in the academy. Okay. We were graduating. It was March 30th. So we graduated in June, so it was about two months before we graduated. And it happened in and, an exercise. Uh, it happened in a training exercise. Um, what What exactly over- was it? What, 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 what happened? I mean, I mean he overheated. Overheated. Heart, heart failure, yeah. I mean, you know, it could, like, I can't, there's nobody to necessarily blame a situation like that that's just a freak accident the guy was healthy as an ox right i mean you know you crossfit worked out me and five other buddies we hung out with each other on the weekends you know it's funny because we all started out hating each other when we first met which is how i met most of my (laughs) friends in the first place and then none of them liked me when i first meet him and then you know that's you know we all started pretty arrogant yeah apparently is what i'm told i'm just kidding (laughs) you're you're, you're one of the most uh you're, you're a very humble guy very humble as a matter of fact i remember when you uh became a fireman you didn't even want people to know about it too much you just yeah i, I did man i kind of keep it low and like you know you know i i like to sometimes i post stuff now just like give people awareness people know what i do it's not like i'm can't really do much else to like be like oh i'm a fireman i don't go around promoting it you know right. i don't tell anybody unless they really ask it i still tell people i just do i work for the government <laughs> <I> just, <laughs> which I sounds just, cooler yeah i guess because <laughs> then you're just like, like what do you do i just do work for the government <laughs> You know, because then you tell people you're a firefighter, man, they want to, 
you know, some of them, you know, like they say, "Oh, thank you for your service," and they and they mean it. And, but then sometimes you want to, "What's the craziest thing you've ever seen?" Like, like I just know, asked earlier. <laughs> well, this, this is different. This is this is this is a little bit different. But like, you don't want to. The general public is not going to want to know the craziest thing one of us has seen. Uh, so we don't want to know it, but we know it, you know, and we deal with it. Um, but you know, seeing him seeing him pass was the first like lot in front of me, um, and and you know that was hard. I mean, I, I figured what? if I can make it through that, then I can. Yeah, I didn't make it or anything at that point seeing that. Yeah, no, I can't even imagine. Um, especially because um it's happening, you know, while you're preparing, you know, for your future you, you career. We're not even in the we're not even in the field yet. Now let me ask you this. Uh, when when that happened, did did you start doubting? Did you have any like, oh man, maybe maybe uh I, I was blank, Vic. I didn't have much I didn't really have much uh did you kind of just try to just put it in the back of your mind because you still had to continue and you still had stuff going on or how? No, I had to face it. I do know that. I I do know that I couldn't just put this away because it wasn't mm. going to go. We hung out with that. I had only known him less than a year and it felt like I had known him. Well, you spent a lot of time together. spent a lot of time together. The academy, how, how long is that? Uh, total, it was nine months. Okay. So, um, and then, you know, on the weekends we're going, we helped you know, him move with him and another buddy of mine, his roommate at the time, we helped him move. He was also another good friend of mine and, you know, we went out together, celebrated together. We did a lot of stuff together. Um, so, so, so you couldn't. I couldn't just put it behind and be like, "Oh, I'm just gonna pretend like this just didn't happen," or put it aside. I had to. We had to, all of us had to face it. All of our class members, all the staff at the academy, we all had to face that. And you know, I think that we were all there for each other. I don't think there was there wasn't an ear that wasn't able to be reached if it needed to be. You know, so. We, so it was a really good moment in time to know that, hey, these guys, you know, have our back to talk to if we need to, or, like, just to vent if we need to. So going, I mean, going through that, that definitely uh, it helped you cope with what was what was the road ahead, correct? I mean. It did. You know, eventually, Vic, you have to, you accept it. People die, bro. Right. It happens. You know, sometimes you see it right in front of you. Sometimes you don't hear about it. But most of us live vicariously through what? The news. Correct. You hear about it, but it's almost like watching a movie. Like, right, right. It's uh, it's it's uh, like I said. I've never, I mean, I've never had to go through it. But uh, I mean, I guess it gets it gets easier, right? I mean, easier. I, I don't know if I'd say easier. Um, tolerable, maybe a better word, maybe. But you know, you see it, and you're like, okay, I got to, yeah, I got to do everything I can to try to bring this guy back. You know, it's it's like a you don't really think about the ones prior. You know, sometimes you know what's. I, I, what when do you call it? Like when do you know? We don't. We get the hospital. Okay. That, but we we work all the way in the hospital, and they even work too. Like, because I'm sure you've shown up and they're gone, right? Have mm-hmm. you ever shown up and it's already too late? They're already gone, or? Oh yeah, you can see you can see it in their eyes. You can you can tell when someone's soul left their body. I feel I firmly do believe that. Why Why do you believe that? What do you? What there, there's a glow in a living person's eye, even when someone, you know, there's many people we brought back. Right. And, a glow. You know, it's just like a, a gleam in like people's eyes that like they have, like, you know, obviously, you know, someone's pulseless and their heart stopped. Like, yeah, their eyes are not going to be moving and stuff. But there's just like a once you kind of just start to see it just kind of going like really faint, really light. Well, don't they also say like when you die, you also lose a little bit of weight? I think uh, maybe, but I ain't measuring them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't got them on a scale. <laughs> Uh, if you if you if you've been dead for a long time, a lot of things will happen. Your body becomes stiff, yeah, very yeah. cold. You um, know, I'm not a very spiritual guy, but I do believe. Uh, I do believe in like uh, 
maybe not quite the definition that we have for soul and spirit, but I, I do believe in, in something inside yeah. of you, definitely. Uh, something that is not tangible. Yeah. Um, I think everybody, to a certain degree, has to feel that. It didn't have to, you don't have to necessarily believe in any deity or right. religion, but I think everyone knows that there's more something more outside than their physical body that they're more than. You may not be to know what that is or be able to explain it. And that's fine. You may not be. You may not supposed to be. But you know, I will say that out of all the people that I've seen that have passed stuff like that, I birthed a baby once. And you, you did what? You burped? No, birthed, birthed a yeah. baby. Wow, babies. How did, me, me how did and my that happen? At the time, um, the baby, his, he was already like halfway out, and um, you know, we we got a call out because she's like, yeah, I'm pregnant, so we thought, you know, we're just gonna just take her and. You know, pick, and go yeah. pick her up and go take her to the hospital. I heard like a like a like a. <laughs> <laughs> I said, "Come on!" And we had a student with us at the time from HCC, and I was I was like, "Man, please tell me." I was a student my partner was he ju- was he was he just there to? to well, walk? they just periodically some oh. community colleges will come and ride with us. Okay, cool. on the on the bo- on the ambulance. Okay, and I was like, "Man, this can't be a a baby, man." And sure enough, we see the baby hanging out. Was yeah. she just at home? Where was she at? She was at home in bed, and like she, she muscled through it. Props to the mom because she muscled. Through it. <laughs> man, when I tell you the most disgusting amount of fluids, <laughs> man, the umbilical cord. I guess this is like the one good story I got. I guess the umbilical cord was attached still, man. And I'm like, I'm trying to remember all the stuff from like from you know from the book. Right, right. You know, you're trying to <laughs> Apgar score, and like I got We got to cut the umbilical cord right. now, so I'm like clamping it. The students, the students looking, you know, these days, like, hey man, we got to move. So you know, I, I you know, I clamped, my partner clamps the middle cords, and I cut it. Blood squirts on my arm, and I said, "Ew!" And the lady said, "What do you mean, ew?" And I made her mad because I'm like, "Like, man, your fluids are all on me, man." <laughs> and you know, we, we got the baby out. You know, we, we suctioned we suctioned his nose and everything, and it, it that was, you know, one of the coolest things I've ever done in that apartment. It was pretty cool to see something actually come to life, you know, rather than see it go. You know, I, it was really awesome to see that. Yeah, no, man. That's uh, <laughs> I can only imagine, you know, bringing bringing life into the world, you know. So, would you say that that is the hardest part of your job? Is the the death aspect of it? What would you say? Or what would you say is like just the most difficult part of your job at this point in time, in my career? Yes. Fatigue. That'd probably be most difficult right now. Fatigue, both mentally and physically, because you see so much. You have to deal with it, and then you got to come home. And what a lot of guys have a hard time with is getting home and try to and differentiating the values of outside of what you see in an apartment. And that sounds I, to clean that up a little bit. It's kind of like what you may argue about at home can seem so insignificant than what's actually happening out there in the world because you see the world, you see what's going on. You know, you argue because you argue with your significant other because the trash ain't out. And you may have just forgot because you were running late for work or something. Right. And you don't want to. You don't hear that shit when you get home. You just ran eight twenty runs and you slept forty five minutes total the whole day. So the balance of it all is like, okay, I've got to separate home and work when I get home. Uh, I'm fortunate enough. I'm fortunate enough to have somebody who I can talk to. Uh, many people I can talk to um, that relieves my mental. Um, you got to find healthy ways working out, you know, that's a big one. Any hobbies, good hobbies. You know, I play pool on the side, uh, video games, 
and work out. It's the three things I do the most. Um, so coping with fatigue and and differentiating uh, work and home is is the is the key balance in my opinion. I mean, it's like a a soldier like coming home like in in between battles, right? Like yeah, I mean, I mean yeah, you know he'll he'll go out. Usually, you know they're they have to stay over there for long periods of time, but right to to go through a battle and then come home. Yeah, and, and then, then come, go back to the battle. Yeah. imagine you're just in Iraq or Afghanistan <laughs> or, or you know some jungle somewhere, and then you go to the Galleria. <laughs> you're like, you're like, man, this is, you know, and people are like, oh, my pizza's too burnt, man. I just, watched, <laughs> I just, you know, I just watched all this carnage across, you know, you know, in a foreign country. And you're worried about your pizza being burnt. You live in a country where you're lucky. <laughs> you just be like, hey, can I get another pizza? Yeah. You complain in some other country, you might cut your tongue out. Yeah. You know, so perspective. Perspective, you know. Um, you know, hey, it, it gives you perspective, you know. It gives you like you said, uh seeing the whole spectrum, you know, seeing yeah. all the scenarios play out. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I remember uh, I heard someone once say, you know, I think everybody should get locked up for some time. Uh, you know, I did some time and and that really put things into focus. Yeah. It really did. Uh and that goes along with the old saying, you don't really know how much something means until you lose it all. Yeah. And when you lose everything, it's almost like seeing, you I mean, obviously not to that extreme, but seeing death, right? Because when you die, you lose everything. Mm-hmm. It's gone. Everything's gone. When you lose your freedom, when you, everything from its tech, you, you don't have anything. You're insignificant. You're no longer a part of this world. Yeah. And my thing is, man, is, uh, you know, you can't ever really be. This may be a really jacked up philosophy, but you can't really be jealous or envious of a man that can end up in the exact place you do, which is six feet under. Right. And that's why nobody, no matter what title you hold, I don't care if you're a, I don't care what title you hold, um, and what prestige, how much prestige you think you have. At the end of the day, you end up just like everybody else, and that's six feet in the ground. You will be forgotten someday. In the, on this earth, it, it it just happens, it does, and you're not gonna care because you're not gonna fucking be here, you're not gonna worry about it. You know, we may say we may remember Alexander the Great, but you know, in 500 years, more years right now, it's, it's, yeah, you know, every name is forgotten. Just like, more names are forgotten than remembered, and that's just how it is. And you only care now because you're alive. When you're dead, you ain't gonna care. You're gonna be gone. Um. Would you say one of the one of the better things that have that has come out of uh, your career as a fireman is your perspective? Yeah, one hundred percent. It's almost like sometimes you know, uh, like ignorance ignorance is bliss, uh, where people sometimes don't want to know the truth, right? Because I, I kind of feel like when you get this perspective, it, it's sometimes uh, kind of bad in a way, like because. Not everybody has it, and and, yeah. and and it creates sometimes you have to kind of just be like you know you know like not ignore them but just kind of yeah. let them. Be. That's another home separation from work kind of deal. Right. Exactly. It's like, yeah, exactly. you expect like, well, how do you not? How do you not get it? How do you not get it? Well, you know, it's the same thing with people. You know, it's why people aren't involved with their government. You know, they're talking about cutting jobs and stuff like that, and the public the public really needs to like stay tuned to that because that all affects you. Just because it doesn't affect you today doesn't mean it won't affect you in five days. You may never need EMS your entire life 
until that one day you need us when you're 65. Right. You know, like I said, you pay us for what you pay all of us. Now, not just firemen, police, uh, you pay any kind of social work or responsive work, first responder work, you pay those guys for what you need them to do when you need it. Cause you will need it at some point in time. Speaking of pay, um, I was, you know, I did a little research before you came and just looking at the, you know, how much y'all make, um, mm-hmm. In my opinion, you're underpaid, um, and that goes for police officers as well. Um, even like teachers, you know, because uh, I I group them in in terms of helping the public. I 100 percent agree. Um, I, I would put teachers right in the same realm as us. They're educating the youth, which I, which is the most important part, right? If if mm-hmm. if the youth gets fucked off, guess oh, what? Yeah, you're, you're, <laughs> they're gonna, they're a, the a ones teaching are... job should be the most screened job. I agree. There probably is in government outside of like inside, outside of your representatives that you vote for. Um, police and fire, yeah, you need a screen for that. You make sure you're not recruiting criminals and guys who are be stealing drugs and stuff. But you, you got these people that are gonna be dealing with your kids on a day in and day out basis who are preparing them for life. If there's one thing I wish we could learn, they taught us in school was how to check the damn mail, <laughs> how to how to file for your taxes, they, like they you know should, stuff they, like no, that, like should, a life's course class. There you go. They should have classes, an elective or something. I don't right, know. No, just, yeah, elective, whatever. Just but a part of the curriculum, right? That teaches children, prepares children for life, mm-hmm. not not for fucking uh, history or not for fucking politics. But what about balancing a checkbook yeah you know, Alleged. what, what about mm-hmm. knowing where your the how taxes work and, and tax brackets things that affect you right mm-hmm. insurance medical insurance just just you know why why are, it's 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 almost like the people in charge are fine with the way things are because bottom line is the people who have the money the people who are in charge their kids Obviously, they have the money. They're going to private schools. They're getting their the education from not not just the public, not just mm-hmm. the government education, the public education. Right. So they have the funds and the means to do it to a whole different level. But okay. uh, let, let me get your opinion on, uh, on 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 the salaries. I mean, what uh, what you, you you you? I mean, do you think you're you should get more money, or uh, does it not matter to you? Because uh, obviously. You're not doing this for the money, right? <laughs> yeah, you don't I do mean, go- you don't do government work for the money. Um, right? for it's the it, money. it's for like you said, you love helping people, right? And, and I and I, you know, you have to, right, for what you do. You put yeah. your life on the line. Yeah. So I mean, for you, sometimes you, for ulti- silly shit, ulti- <laughs> you, you know, you 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 put up, you're all in. You're mm-hmm. basically all in every hand. Yeah. I'm all in. I'm all in every hand. Every hand you could lose it all. Mm-hmm. You know. Depends what hand you got, you know. That's true. Uh, but but you so you feel like you should you should definitely make more money, right? I mean, not, not to just you know, and, and no, like, don't you're not you're not gonna sound greedy. I'm just, I mean, no, no, uh, no, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not worried about that. It's more so. Do I think so? Yeah, of course. I think even from starting from the academy, it was rough in the academy. I mean, it's public knowledge. We start we started twenty thousand dollars, right? You know, I I don't even know how I did it. Obviously, I did it. We all did it. Yeah. Some guys live with their families. Some guys, you know, rented. You know, I lived on my own. Um, I got I was, I was fortunate to find a cheap apartment. I still don't know how I was able to get food, groceries, gas, and all that. Um, I think you ate a lot of fish and rice. Yeah, I had fish and rice. <laughs> yeah, I did have a lot of fish and rice back then in the house. Um, 
do I think it should be a born man? Yeah, of course. Um, I think it should be compared to what other firefighters make around the state because other firefighters make one meter around the state. But you know, there's so many factors that come into it because it's hard to say. It's hard to be like, well, we deserve X amount. Yeah, because how like, much uh, light? How much money? When we save your grandma's life, how much money are you gonna put on that? That's priceless, right? Of course, you can't. And nobody, no fireman would ever. No, any nobody. I don't think no matter what you are would ever ask for you to put a dollar amount on. No, no, on no, us no. on you helping someone's life. You just can't. I think, I think, Vic, it's not about how much we're paid or get need to get paid. It's about okay, how can we take care of these guys? A lot of firemen don't even make it to past ten to fifteen years of their retirement because the cancer rate is so high. So, the. You know, a lot of cities are going away from are going away from pensions because they say it's a big stress burden on the city. Maybe so. A big city like Houston, I think at the end of the day could afford it if they try. If we tried, if we really tried. Um, but you know, firemen in, in their realm of work, their pensions should be you know pretty secure because a lot of them don't make it past it, and no, that's I'm- a reality. You know, it may not be like to be said. You know, people don't want to talk about it, but that is a reality. That's why we're doing this. We're we're put. We're, you know, it's got to be said. Correct. Um, yeah, I mean, your your pension should be immaculate. It should be awesome because you're getting fucked your whole entire career in terms of how much money you're making. That I would assume once you retire, what, what's the uh, how many years do you have to put in before you can retire? Uh, I mean, there's a lot of different aspects of it. Twenty is like the base. Twenty. You know, a lot of guys do. Yeah. 20 so you years, you give me like twenty that. years of service of putting your life on the line, and you're going to retire and not be comfortable? I mean, I mean, come on. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. You should retire and be good for life. Yeah. And then get your, and then you, you, you might even get, you know, cancer. Now you're spending most of your time. In a, if well, you don't have insurance, you should well, get Well, you should be insured right? for life. Yeah. Well, you, you pay into it. We have like, you know, like Aflac has like yeah, cancer policy. I mean, so you, a lot of us pay into that. You but. should be taken care of to the, the fullest extent. Now, I will say, you know, with all sicknesses, you got to take care of yourself too. It's not just... You know, sickness discriminates against no man. You can be you can be as healthy as an ox and still get some sort of sickness. Of you're like, you know, oh, I never thought cancer. I'd cancer is the main one. You, right. you cannot you can never smoke in your life and still get lung cancer. You know, because mm-hmm. what we're around and stuff like that, or testicular cancer, anything. But you know, you just have to you have to, and that's why it's important. We're talking about you know overweight, you know, police firemen. That's why it's so important to you know keep yourself in shape so you can prevent these problems. But you know, people. And I'm also promoting us do what you want to do. If you want to eat whatever you want to do and look how you want, do that. That's your right as a human being. That's you, that's you do it. But be prepared for any consequence afterwards because it's gonna because you're gonna get them, you know. So. Yeah, no, um, I'm I'm totally agreement. Uh, you know what? I think I uh, I ran out of things to say at the moment. That's fair, man. That's all right. But uh, man, I I really I really enjoyed this, man. This is a it's a very good conversation. I'm glad you came on. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, everybody enjoys this one uh, because I thought I thought we really uh, covered some good issues here, and uh, it was very interesting talking to you, Clayton. It's good, man. I appreciate you having me, Vic. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Have a good one.